0: I have my exhorters. I'm working on license. Hallelujah. Thank you guys for having me. And before I start preaching, uh, Pastor Forrest, I would like to thank you for having me tonight. It's quite an honor. Hallelujah. You know, as a wife and a husband, you know, there's oftentimes separate opinions. And kind of like a child and a mother, or a child and a... Uh, a parent and a child, there's oftentimes two different opinions. Well, there, I can tell you that there is a godly opinion, and then there's just a satanic opinion, which brings me to the, my title of my sermon, Two Opinions. If you'll open with me to your Bibles, please, I will be looking first at First Kings, and I'll be looking at the 18th chapter, and I'll be looking at the 20 to 40th verses. Alrighty, so the, before I start reading, I just wanted to give a little context. So, before this, uh, there's an evil king, there's like a line of evil kings, but this king we're talking about here is uh, King Ahab and Jezebel. Um, during this time in the Bible, they was the leading the Israelites towards Baal worship. And as you will see here, we have the prophet Elijah who God raised up to bring back the hearts of the Israelites, to bring them back to him. So let's go ahead and read that. I'm going to be starting on the 20th verse. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. Um, oh, before I start, so Elijah has confronted him about turning his heart and the hearts of the Israelites away from God. Anyways, uh, verse 21 And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. They could not answer. Verse 22. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord, But Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. Now in the Bible they would sacrifice bulls, which would be a male cow. And that's how they would sacrifice unto the Lord for their sins and stuff. And let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock or the bull and lay it on wood and put no fire under And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And that all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for ye are many And call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it. And they called on the name of Baal from morning even unto noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, uh, Either he is, a, for he is a God, either he is talking or he's pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure, perhaps, he, uh, he sleepeth and must be awaked. Hallelujah. I'm glad our God doesn't slumber at all. He is awake 24 7. No matter if it's midnight or, uh, or afternoon, he hears the prayers of the righteous and he comes running. All right, verse 28. And they cried aloud. They cried very, very loud and cut themselves after the manner with knives and lancelets till the blood gushed out upon them. What they're trying to say is they would do anything to get Baal to answer. But Baal is an idol. He cannot hear, he cannot see, he cannot do. Only our God is the true and living God who answers all the time to our cries and our despairs. Verse 29, And it came to pass, when the midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, or Israel, and to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar In the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. Now those were pretty big measures. Verse 33, And he put put the wood in order, and cut the bullocks in pieces, laid them on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And he did it, and he, and they did it a second time, and he said, "Do it a third time." And they did it a third time, and the water ran about the altar, and he was fi- and he filled the trench also with water. I'm just going to pause right here. Normally, the dry sacrifice would be burnt, the ashes, and that would they would take it outside the camp, and they would anoint people, and that's how they did their. Uh, that's how they purified their sins. So when it's all this water, it's just not going to burn up like that. How many, how many of you tried to burn a wet log? It's not going to work. You can burn it and burn it. Put all the cardboard and paper under that you want. But it's not going to light up. But, just keep, I'm going to, uh, verse 36 and at the and it came to pass at the time of the offering at the evening of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said lord god of abraham isaac and of israel let it be known this day that thou art the god in israel and that i am thy servant and that i have done all these things at thy word Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Now listen to this. Then the fire of the Lord fell and it consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up all the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, when the people saw it, they fell on their faces. The prophet Isaiah said, Whoa, I am a man of unclean lips. They fell because they saw the power of God. And they said, There's a declaration that the Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. Now, notice here in verse 39. God is uppercase. That is talking about our God. That's right. Our God is the God. There is no other like Him. You can go from one corner to the universe to the other, up and down, and whichever way you want to. There is no other God like the God I serve that consumes with fire. And He answers His people. Verse 40, And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah uh, brought them down to the brook Kishon, and he slew them there. Hallelujah. God commands us to get rid of our evilness and our sins, to kill it and crucify it, to get rid of it. Um, I want to recap back to verse 21 where it says they couldn't answer. Um, The people, they could not answer. They were not devoted to God. And, di- and this, in this uh, century, of in the year of 2022 and beyond, I have noticed that many church people have done the same thing. They could not answer a word. They want to hold hands with the world and with Jesus. Well, I'm here to let you know that you can't do that. You got to pick one and you got to serve one. You cannot straggle between two teams. you got to pick one, and you got to play for them. You know, the Bible says, my Bible says, this is what Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. We've, God is calling us to decide who we will serve. I'm, lo- I'm going to look here at Joshua 24:15 real quick. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But listen to this. But as for me and for my household, we will what? We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. No one can... No one has forced me, I have willingly chosen to serve the Lord and to put all at the feet of the cross and say, Jesus, take it, do as you will, and I will do as you will. Command me and send me, and I will go and do hence. But also um, in this account here, notice how there was 450 prophets of Baal coming up against one Prophet of God. Um, I'm here to tell you the greatest killer in today's church is the silent majority. Yeah. We got people sitting in pews, and we got major problems out there. And there are people that are blatantly coming against the Bible that are coming behind pulpits, and they say things that are blasphemous. But people in the pews, blah, 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 they get the porky, they get the porky pig syndrome. Blah, 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 blah. They just can't find it in themselves to stand up for what the Bible says, to stand on this Bible, yeah. but they just sit there in the pew,. Beh, 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 beh. Well, I don't know, you know Well, I know that the Bible says that, but you know, well, you know love and blah blah blah. <clears throat> well, you know, well, I know what the Bible says, but you know just judge, judge not, lest ye be judged. Never mind that that's always taken out of context. Ah, just love, just judge not lest ye be judged. Ah, don't judge people. The Bible calls us to make righteous judgments. And we need to be judging on the Bible. We need to be standing on God's opinion. And what he says in this book will be true to the end of time. So many people have come against it. I remember one time the Beatles said that, they're going to be more popular than Christianity. Well I'm, here, well, I'm here to tell you, the Beatles are gone and dead, and the Bible is still around. And we're here in church right now, nothing can outdo this Bible. No man, no, for, no force in hell, no, nothing can stop the Bible. Yeah. Through and through, it has always come across reaching people, saving them from the depths of sin... And from the fate of hell, hallelujah. Um, let's see here. Um, the, in, the enemy will also—they—the enemy will always appear to be bigger. Satan will always appear bigger. But the Bible says in Revelation, when we get a glimpse at Satan, is this whom who deceived the nations and has fooled all of us? He's a wimp and a little ankle biter, and we're gonna all look at him and say is that the guy who deceived all the nations? Really? Is that the guy? <laughs> Come on, God. You gotta be pulling my leg here. He's like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Um, but I'm here to tell you we walk by faith and not by sight. So whatever's happening out there, I don't, I choose to obey and I choose to heed myself to what this Bible has to say and what this Bible says, Well, I will do. A single obedience, a single degree of obedience or disobedience will change your life. I am very thankful that the prophet Elijah chose to come up against these evil, evil Baal worshipers. And he said, No, I will worship the true God, the one who lives. I'm thankful for his obedience, for if he did not, we would be in some serious trouble. Um, Go ahead and turn in your Bible with me. I will be looking at 2 Kings, and I will be looking at the 7th chapter, and I will be looking at verses 1 through 20. Uh, I'm going to start off with verse 1. Then Elisha. Now you may be noticing here. Elisha. And in the previous story, Elijah. I'm going to explain this real quick. Elijah got carted off to heaven in a chariot of fire. And Elisha was his uh, student, I guess. He was his protege. And God gave him a double portion of the anointing of a mantle for him. So let's go ahead and start reading. Uh, verse 1, then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall I measure a fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley uh, for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, "Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof." And there came four leprous men at the entering end of the gate, and they said one to another, "Why sit we here? Or why sit we here until we die? If we say, we will enter into the city? Then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, if they if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were out, or I'm sorry, when they were come into the uttermost part of the camp of Syria. Behold, no man was there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired us against the king of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. I'm looking at here at verse 7. Wherefore, they arose and fled in the twilight, and left their tents and their horses and their donkeys, even the camp as it was, (coughs) and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink, and carried thence silver and gold and raiment or precious clothes, and went and hid it, and came again, and entered into another tent, and carried thence also, and went and hid it. (coughs) Excuse me. And they said to one another, We do not well. This is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called to the porter of the city. Now the porter was the gatekeeper. There was a guy that sat on the outside of the gate, monitoring monitoring who came in and out of the city. That was a very important job. And they told it to the king's house within. Uh, Verse 12. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will... Um, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we will be uh, hungry. Therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out in the city, we shall catch them alive and get them into the city. And one of the servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain which are left in the city. Behold, they were as the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. And let us command and see. <clears throat> and let us send and see. They took, therefore, two chariot horses. And the king sent after the, horse, the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went after them unto Jordan, and lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. And the people went out, and they spoiled the tents of the Syrians. They ransacked it. Every precious thing they took back. Hallelujah. And the messengers returned, and they told the king. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure... Now listen to this. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel. What? According to the word of the Lord. And the king appointed Now listen to this, the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate. And the people trode upon him in the gate, and he died. Or other words, they ran it's kinda like a Black Friday they just completely just ran and trampled him. And he died. And as the man of God had said, who spake when the king came down to him. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel, and a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of, the, in the gate of Samaria. And that Lord answered the man of God and said, Now behold, if the Lord shall make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell out, and so it fell out unto him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. Looking at this story, there are two opinions There is God, and there is self. So when you read this story, who has the true report? I'm here to tell you, in the end, God always has the true report. You know, my Bible tells me that God called the end from the beginning. He already knew it was going to happen, but he did it to show his might. There are always two opinions, the satanic one and the godly one. In this day and age, <clears throat> especially in this time that we live in that is so perilous as Christ is ready to make his comeback for his church, we need to have discernment to see what is godly. I, I read this book by Kenneth Hagin, and this is what he said. Train yourself to ask, what does the Bible say in every situation? Um, my Bible tells me in Joshua 24:15, and we've already read this, but I'm going to go ahead and read it again. And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose, this, choose you this day who you will serve, whether the gods which, were your, which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Turn, I'm also going to look here at Matthew 6:24. "No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or, he, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Yea, ye cannot serve God and Mammon. Well, I can tell you can replace that with a lot of things instead of money. You know the Bible says in Proverbs that the love of money is the root of all evil. So idolatry it's just not statues anymore. You know a long time ago they didn't have these things like we have now. So they would carve statues and they would worship them, but not so more any but not so more today. Idolatry also includes money. Power and authority, status and titles. How many of you know you can covet a status more than you can the Lord? And in a church, that will break, that will destroy your church. It will rip it in shreds. Let me tell you, if you might be curious what idolatry is, anything that is more important than Jesus, if it, does, if it takes the number one spot, in your life, and it's not Jesus, then it's idolatry. I remember the story of Abraham when God called him upon the mountain to make a sacrifice under him, and he said, take your son Isaac. And I remember that um, they went up there on the mountain, and he laid him, His Abraham's only son, on the altar, getting ready to sacrifice him. But then the angel of the Lord showed up and told him that there was a goat, there and he showed him, he said, Stop, do not sacrifice him. And then the Lord provided a goat that was caught in a thistle, and he sacrificed that instead. You know, if that's your only son, that must be really something, considering that Abraham was a hundred plus years old, and that him and Sarai have been barren all those years. Really, that's what we need to do. We need to be ready to put all earthly goods. All earthly desires and stuff on the altar. And we must be ready to sacrifice them. And say, oh God, have your way in me, Lord. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I will be who you want me to be. Whether I'm called to Africa or right here or somewhere else to preach this gospel. And we all have a responsibility to preach the gospel. Just not the pastors. Not the, not the people in the church. Not the denominational leaders. Everyone in the pew. Has a responsibility. To carry out the gospel. To the sick and dying world. And hallelujah. Um, we might be in this world. But we are not of it. We reside in this world. For a short being. We are pilgrims. Rolling back to our home which is in heaven. But we are not to we are not to partake of things here on the earth. We need to be a holy and separated people. Um, we are not to join in the things that they do. Um 1 Peter 1:16 and this is what it says here. Because it is written, "Be ye holy," for what? I For I am holy. When I preach, I explain holiness like this. Imagine you have a loaf of bread, right? It's just one whole loaf of bread. Well, you take a knife and you kind of cut off a piece. You take that piece and set it aside. That bread is, in a sense, holy as it is set apart. God calls us to be set apart. He says, Learn not the way of the heathen. That's what the prophet Jeremiah says. Learn not the way of the heathen. We are, to, we are to be an example of God and His holiness on this earth. We are God's representatives. And it is our duty to show the love of God. And I'm just going to read this one more time. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So, as I'm closing out here, I just have a few parting words. There are always going to be two opinions. We have a free will choice. God gave us a free will choice to choose who we will serve. Because in the end, God will have a holy people that tried and true, they will serve Him and they will say gladly and they will stand up and they will say, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And we need to stand up and say that. Anyways, people will always try and sway you from God's opinion. That's what the devil does. He sends people in your life to sway you and to try to convince you through various circumstances to turn away from God and to follow yourself. And to follow what you want, not what God wants, what you want to do. But, oh, and some people say, well, if well that's your opinion. Well, I've got something to say on that. But you have to know what the word says. Well, you can say, well, that's your opinion. It's your opinion, schminion, blah blah, whatever. But at the end of the day, the Bible is true, and it will always be the highest authority above all. All governments, all manners of thought and society, the Bible rules because it is God's holy word sent to us. And just a closing here, um, I encourage you to just take these words out of this Bible. And I encourage you to just study your Bible and to just take all that Christ and God would have for you to receive. Just be open-hearted and open-minded and just receive it by faith. All things that God wants you to have. Thank you for your time.